Hi, this is David. Eating right is often hard these days, but eating better is easy with Factor's ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. With Factor, there's no prep and no mess. Their meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Plus, Factor is less expensive than takeout, and you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. What are you waiting for? Discover Factor's wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash living50 and use code living50 to get 50% off. That's code living50 at factormeals.com slash living50 to get 50% off. Thank you. Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. Today's reading was edited and adapted from A New Philosophy of Life by John Herman Randall, published in 1911. We all come into life bringing with us a heritage of fears, many of which we outgrow while others hold us in lifelong bondage. It is always ignorance that is the mother of fear. Thus, every advance into knowledge narrows the field in which fear operates. Freedom from fear does not necessarily mean blind recklessness. It may be the result of that wisdom which, while reverent and cautious, has nevertheless banished all fear thoughts forever. It is self-evident that God intends us, as spiritual beings, to gradually overcome and forever conquer this heritage from the past, just as we overcome so many other inherited tendencies. When we know the truth, we no longer are afraid, and when we do not yet know, we must learn to trust and not be afraid. The process of our inner development into divine consciousness means nothing less than the slow but sure conquering of all fear. There has been no dictator in all the world so tyrannical as fear. Monarch and peasant, learned and unlearned, old and young, have all to a greater or lesser degree yielded obedience temporarily to this cruel taskmaster. Fear darkens the sky, warps the mind, weakens the will, poisons the heart, destroys happiness for oneself and others, and saps the energy from ambition and hope. In short, it has done more to defeat the real purpose of life and dim its glory than all the other forces which have cursed humankind and kept it in bondage. But light is beginning to break the darkness, 
and we are fast learning that there is nothing to fear but our own fear. The only devil is the devil of fear, and every person's personal devil is their leading fear, to which they bow in abject slavery. The fears that beset human lives are legion, and no attempt can be made to enumerate them all. Let me only suggest some of their most common forms. Most of the fears of childhood are outgrown, and yet many of them persist into later life. The child's fear of the dark is one of the most common. Others include a fear of thunderstorms, of elevators and tunnels, of going on to the water, of high places, etc. Such fears are most real to the ones who experience them, and not by ridicule or punishment can they be overcome, but rather by patient, sympathetic education of the person who is suffering. The business or professional person must confront their fear of failure, while recognizing that up to a certain point it is an incentive to success. The one who fears failure is the one who does their best to avoid failure. However, this is a negative attitude to take towards success. A person who fears failure, in the sense that the possibility of failure is constantly before their mind, is prevented from doing their best work and hindered in accomplishing their largest success. Multitudes of people are deprived of real power in business or are handicapped in the race for professional success simply by this fear of possible failure which haunts them. Then there is the fear that comes to so many in middle life, the fear of poverty and financial dependency. How many lives are harassed and anxious because of this all-too-common fear? I don't agree with those philosophers who would have us believe that poverty is no evil. However, a person may be poor in this world's goods and yet dwell in the midst of happiness, within and without. Luxuries are mere things and not necessary for happiness, for a person's life consists not of the number of things they possess. But the poverty that leads to dependency on others, that means helplessness in old age, that perhaps points unmistakably towards the poor house, that is a different thing. There should be in every life a healthy forethought that leads to prudence, industry, and thrift. Having done our honest work, making such wise provision as is possible for old age, let us in faith leave the future to God. The anxious fear for the needs of tomorrow only takes the sunshine out of today and embitters the present hour. Another common form of fear is that of sickness or disease. How many are there who say, I have had this fear hanging over me ever since I was a child. My father died of such a disease and my grandfather before him, and I do not know any day but that I may be likewise afflicted. Here, as in the case of one's failure in business, 
It is the fear that creates the predisposition towards the thing feared. There may be some slight palpitation in the heart, and one begins to fear serious trouble. This mental attitude both aggravates the actual condition and is the cause of new symptoms. The fear of disease is the thing that invites disease, just as the fear of failure in business is the thing that invites failure. Because it handicaps and unfits one, physically and mentally, for overcoming the conditions that lead to failure or disease. As a result, many of us go through life, if not actually diseased, in constant fear that this form of sickness or that will come upon us, until we become a constant burden to ourselves and others. As an old oriental proverb says, plague killed 5,000 people. 50,000 died of fear. Then there is the fear of old age. None of us wants to grow old. We do not like to see the gray hairs. We do not enjoy the consciousness that we cannot do a day's work with the same energy and facility as we did before. We do not like to count the years as the birthdays come around. We realize that we are beginning the descent of life's hillside, that we have passed life's meridian, and that now the work must be done by younger women and men while we step aside and are forgotten. No, we do not want to grow old, but we forget that it is the great onward movement of life that carries everyone into the period of old age. To fear old age is as foolish as it would be for the child to fear the time when it must leave the toys of the nursery for the lessons of the schoolroom. There is nothing disgraceful about it. It ought to be a glorious harvest time for every woman and man. That is, if the heart keeps young and the mind retains its grasp upon the realities. It is a time for retrospection and also for hopeful forward-looking. There is really nothing in old age that should cause dread, and yet we allow this fear to haunt us and cloud our skies. There is also a fear which is even more universal, the fear of death. There are many elements that enter into the fear of death, and this is not the place to consider them all. Only let me say that, I think the great surprise to everyone who passes through the experience of death will be to find how absolutely groundless all their fears have been. Professor Ossier, in his Harvard lecture upon immortality, tells of his experience at 500 deathbeds. He said that in the great majority of instances, it was nothing more than falling asleep. We are not afraid to pass from a state of consciousness to a state of slumber, and that is all that death means for most people. Yes, there are cases where suffering continues to the moment of death, but it should be remembered that such suffering belongs to the illness or injury and is not a part of death. Death only comes as a release from pain. The hard part is not for the one who dies, 
but for those who remain. Let us go a step further and think of the experience of death as we think of old age, as belonging to the divine plan, just as much a part of God's purpose for us as life itself. Death, therefore, is never the end of life, but only one of the incidents in life, and your life will move on surely and steadily through all the shadows that cluster about the earthly side of death into a larger and better existence. If we could rest down in confidence in this divine plan for life, a plan that includes death only as one of its many experiences, I am sure we would find ourselves relieved of much of the fear and anxiety that haunt this final experience of earthly life and be better prepared for the next step on our journey. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.